Hey everybody, welcome to another Flail Forward. This is Rob Randolph. Today I'm going to be speaking with David Sorfa. He is Senior Lecturer of Film Studies at University of Edinburgh. And we're going to be talking about Bloodborne, weirdly enough, because this is the only game that he has ever recommended to his brother, my friend Peter. And that was enough for me to want to talk to him about why that was specifically because I have my own reasons for recommending Bloodborne to people. But it's, uh, it's a great game and I wanted to get his perspective on it. And I thought that maybe you guys would like to hear a non-game designer's perspective on what I think is one of the greatest achievements in video games in the last decade probably. So uh, without further ado, Dr. David Sorfa. Let's go for it. I hope you don't mind because it's, uh, it's now 6 p.m. here in Edinburgh. So mm -hmm. I've just opened my first beer of the evening. Fantastic, sir. So, well, uh, I, I think you know, I thought, uh, in the interest of not doing this sober, I mean, <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's keep it. Let's keep it going. I'll just hang out here. I'll do the little Portland equivalent. Just have a little. <laughs> there we go all right. all right and i'm having just now we're on the same page um yeah bloodborne so so we yeah. i so peter talked to me about this i had mentioned okay so let me let me go back to the, let me see if i can remember the story so mm -hmm. he he said oh i've got this brother who's doing film uh who's, who's a film professor over in edinburgh and you know we don't we were just talking about siblings i've got a younger brother who's in southern california who actually also uh he, his major was in film at uh, UC Irvine, and so he's, he kind of does that. He's doing production assistant stuff and, and doing more industry uh, um, stuff like that. But we kind of got talking about that, and he's like, you know, th there was a video game my brother recommended to me that was Bloodborne. And I was like, that's, I, it makes a lot of sense that he would recommend that because there's, well, I mean, I don't know why you would recommend it, but there's a bunch of different reasons that I could suspect. Um, but it's one of my favorite games. I mean, if not if not my favorite game of of, of all time. Uh, I mean, that and Shadow of Colossus, I think, are probably like mm. neck and neck for for favorite of all time. But I'm I want to ask you about like what first of all, just your impressions of the game as a game, and then mm. I would really like to enter like ask you about the themes from a more literary or film perspective and mm. because there's it's there's so much going on that if if you play the game like i the first time i picked it up it was sort of a casual thing i got the game because it was kind of hyped up and i was like oh this will be this will be fun i like the sort of steampunk victorian yeah. aesthetic um and then and then i played it for like i want to say 30 minutes and i was like fuck this game uh, this is terrible, and uh, so I put it down, and then my friend Greg, he, like, maybe, like, a year later, maybe even longer than that, he, he, he mentioned it to me, and he's like, yeah, that's my favorite game, and I'm like, what? How could, okay, so I gotta, clearly there's something there I'm missing, I get back into it, and then I'm like, oh, okay, I understand, I get it, um, and it became, you know, it was just so deep. There was just so much going on. And then once the literary theme started bubbling up, and I'm like, oh, wow, they're dealing with... Like, he's actually trying to say something with this. This is not... This doesn't feel to me like a let's get it out the door, AAA title, and just make some money. This is like... It, you're burying the story under so many layers 
that like you'd have to be interested in this stuff to get it in a sense mm. so i that that was my experience with the game uh, i ended up you know beating it and doing the platinum and getting all just really really deep into it but um so tell me about your experience with the game and then and then why you recommended it yeah yeah it's uh, now in fact my my relationship with with gaming is 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 quite solitary i don't really know any other people who play video games i don't really hang out with that crowd if there is such a thing mm. so i tend to just and i like playing on my own so i don't particularly like multiplayers i don't don't do a lot of that and so i'm always looking for games that look interesting for a single player mm -hmm. and there are less and less of those out although you know trends change yeah and i can't actually remember how I came across Bloodborne. I think I may have been reading something someone mentioned, I have no idea. Um, but when I when I, I was definitely reading about it, and what I remember is somebody saying, this game is impossible. It's mm. unplayable. You, it just doesn't make any sense. And I thought, well, that sounds interesting. <laughs> um, check it out. Yep. And a, a, a little bit like you, I was kind of, well, what's this very strange world we're in? This kind of weird gloomy area mm -hmm. there are no instructions right there's lots of this kind of gobbledygook story that makes very little sense mm -hmm. um and you're just in it and there's no you you don't know what to do and the first thing you do in the game is just die immediately right <laughs> yeah and you're going what what and then a, a little bit like you i mean just like Oh, okay. So this is just impossible to play. You just can't do anything. Right. And so, so, so that just sort of got, got that. That was quite intriguing. You know, what is a strange game that won't let you play it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the experience I, mean, I had. Yeah, it was like I get into it. And like I, this game feels like I I shouldn't be here, in a sense. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's exactly right. That you're mm -hmm. almost kind of, whoa, I'm not welcome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as a and, player, and not the character, like yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so you're in exactly the same position as the character. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's going on. You have no special knowledge of what's what's happening. And and then, of course, I think just the graphics are particularly... Uh, I just hadn't really seen anything quite like that. Mm -hmm. And they were so stylized yet realistic at the same time. Mm -hmm. And... I, I just sort of got really caught up in it. And because, again, I play on my own, I don't get involved with other people and so on, it just became this really strange world that I realized that you had to just painstakingly spend all your life doing before <laughs> um, uh -huh. And, and uh, yeah, and so, so, so I just kind of... And because I, what I also found interesting about it, because, you know, there's lots of stuff going on, I've got teaching and, uh, and all the rest of it, I can't, I don't really have that much time to sit down and play a game for 12 hours, mm -hmm. or, you know, for a whole weekend or anything like that. Um, and what I liked about this game is that you could pick it up two weeks later and realize Oh, you're still stuck at the same bit that you were at two weeks ago <laughs> and so now you kind of you chip away at this little bit of a thing 
And then suddenly you get to one of the bosses and you're dead immediately. And you you're right. cannot see how, how you could ever beat this thing. Mm. It would just be impossible. Um, and in fact, in the last few days, um, I've just picked it up again. And I've started right from scratch. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've got, you know, just from the beginning. I, mean, I played this entire game through. I haven't really, you know, gone gone down the plus games or anything. But, you know, I've, I've spent many, many weeks playing this. Mm -hmm. I'm still terrible. Everything <laughs> killed me immediately just as I started. So it's just quite, oh, this game is not easy. And I, I, I just loved that. I thought it was just, it just worked both on this weird narrative level, mm -hmm. but just this a kind of a, a, a gameplay that I'd never come across before. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I mean, I, I had a very similar experience because I'm the same way. Like, I don't really like MMOs. I don't really like doing multiplayer stuff. And so like that, I mean, there, there is a, like a, like a side light MMO for like realm you can go into with this if you start like picking up people online to play with and stuff. But even that like is not obvious how you do it and you need like an in-game item to do it. And so it never really... Like I did it with my brother like maybe once or twice, but like I never really got into it like some people get into it. And so for me, yeah. sim same same as you, like it just became like this rabbit hole. And yeah, with work and other projects and stuff like that, I would put it down and then like have a burst of play where it's like, I'm at this boss and I really want to figure out how to get through this guy. And, uh, you know, I'll try all these different things and I'm like, oh crap, okay, so now I'm out of blood vials, I gotta go regrind, like, I gotta go get like 30 more of these damn things to survive this, you know, to, yeah. to have a chance of maybe getting to the end of this boss and then he'll just, you know, and, and you go back to the beginning and do it again and, and it, it, it happened, you know, for me the game sort of appeared in a weird point, of, like a transition point in my life and uh, I swear it like it the the there's something weird about the game where the skill of persistence becomes sort of portable at some point where there were things in my life that were like similarly overwhelming but the game was like yeah you can you, you know this uh, uh, this idea of going back and chipping and just sort of like working at it helped me get through some things <laughs> that I might not, I might have given up on, you know, or like, and yeah. so like, even beating the cleric beast, right? The very first, like, and it's an op the optional boss, right? Like you don't even have to beat it. That's the thing. It's such a, it's such a fuck you from the game. Like here, <laughs> you're going to get stuck on this thing. And when you beat it, yeah, you can't get through that door. You have to go around like, yeah. It's the most. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd forgotten that. So, but I mean, the one thing that I learned, mm -hmm. maybe, I don't know, 20 hours into the game, is that you can run past people. Yep. And, you know, because I was going, oh, Christ, they've killed me again. So now I've got to go and I've got to kill this yeah. guy. And then these guys are going to come out and they're going to, so I'm going to have to do them. And you can't put a, a foot wrong. Right. And then, okay, you've got, uh, and then somebody just kind of, smacks you from behind and you're dead and you have to do it all over again and then 20 hours later you realize oh you run faster than them and you don't have to kill them all yeah <laughs> it's such... and it's just kind of why didn't anybody tell me this uh -huh. you know? and, and i that was and in fact uh, this morning I, I woke up really early and i thought oh let me just 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 write down some notes so that, that i've got something to, mm -hmm. to say when we talk and the very first thing i wrote was frustration yeah 
frustration and then anxiety. <laughs> that seemed to me the kind of two big emotions that mm -hmm. you just can't figure this out. Yeah. And as you get, you sort of start working out how it works and so on, then there's this anxiety because you know that you can die so easily. And that even if you're, especially when you're doing with the big bosses right. or, or, or big fights, you're kind of going, okay, I've got this, I've got this. You have to learn these move sequences off by heart. And the slightest kind of um, mistake, anything like that, you're back to the beginning again. Yeah. So there's this anxiety, less about the character or anything, but you just know, if I fuck this up, I'm going to have to spend another half hour just to get to where I am now. Right. And that makes you more anxious. And then your fingers start sweating. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, oh, fuck. I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this. Yeah. But, and you start uh, rubbing yeah, your yeah, hands. You're like, it. okay, let me get when my palms are sweaty. I got to like, all right, my controller's slippery. Like, yeah, it's, it's this weird thing where, you know, the, 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 once, once you're, once you get to the thing and you get killed once and you're like, okay, I've got like 15,000 blood in that arena with that boss. In order to get that back, I have to like go in there and like m maneuver over to where he killed me and pick up my thing before he kills me again. And just like, okay, I, I don't want to grind through all that some more, but like, yeah, it has a, the, the, the design of it is such like, feels like such a perfection of the dark souls like yeah. mode. Like, I, and I don't think, like, um, Sekiro doesn't quite, for me, it doesn't quite hit that thing. Like, there were parts of Sekiro that, like, just felt a little too easy to me, maybe. And, like, <laughs> and it didn't provoke the same sort of uh, je ne sais quoi. Like, I don't know. I, it, it's yeah, impossible yeah. to figure yeah, out, yeah, like, yeah. exactly what that thing is. But it's designed so well in Bloodborne that when it's the absence is, is palpable. In another game, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I must say because I've spent lockdown playing Sekiro, mm -hmm. I Die twice, and in fact, I was really glad because, weirdly, in my job, I had one of the busiest six months of my life. So mm -hmm. Monday to Friday, it was really busy. Um, but because we we're in lockdown on the weekends, I had forty-eight hours, right. and all I did was played Sekiro. Wow all of lockdown and as i said i'm a terrible gamer i'm not very good at, at it at all but coming back to what you were saying a little bit earlier is that the game kind of teaches you well, if you really try you probably will be able to get through this and so it, that was really good i mean i must say because bloodborne was the first game out of any of these from software ones i may have played colossus before can't remember now but I then went back and played the Dark Souls games and so on. And Bloodborne was at the center of, of that. I hadn't sort of come across, I think I remember reading about them before in Edge or something like that. Right. Okay. I just never had the time to, to, you know, they were such a niche thing. Um, and yeah, so, so Bloodborne was at the center of it. And then I think for me, Sekiro really worked though. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I think I'm, I'm, I've, I've, I've just, I'm nearly finished. Mm. <laughs> that's what you, that's what, that's, that's what you think. Like, like, you know, it's like you get to the end, you're like, oh, I'm nearly done. And like, oh no, there's like four more bosses and they're all extra. It's quite, it's yeah. quite amazing that uh -huh. the amount 
just the vastness of the space. Yeah. Actually, coming back to Bloodborne, the thing I found a bit frustration frustrating were those chalice dungeons. Oh yeah. You know, because again, there's no instruction, so you don't right. know what what you're supposed to be doing here. Then you realize that oh, they're randomly generated in some really obscure way mm-hmm. that I, I don't think you can work out in the game. I no. I always had to go and check online. It's kind of what? How does this work? There's no. There is a logic, but they don't tell you what the rules are. And so, so that's why I thought, I spent quite a lot of time down there in those stupid dungeons. <laughs> Almost feeling like I was beating myself over the head anyway. Yeah, I but love... Yeah, the fact that nothing is obvious, I like that. I like right, that. yeah. That's, it's, so, it's such a contrast to, like, to, to the style of design where the object of the designers to spoon feed you so much to get you on board and invested but it's 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 kind of like it's it's kind of like you know in a film or a tv show where where you just have this giant exposition dump in the beginning some characters like oh and this and this and this and this and you go okay and then it kind of doesn't really nah you're not super invested but like with something like Bloodborne and you're just like, I don't know what's going on. I mean, there's bits like there's like there's this healing church and like there's a school. OK, clearly they hate each other. Uh, and then there's this town. Are they fighting over the town? Are they trying to do, or is one trying to do something to the town and the other trying to stop them? Who's the good guy? Who am I the good guy or am I not the good guy? Because like once you play the game a little bit and I mean, it's actually not even once you play the game. Once you stop playing the game for a little bit, or at least once I stopped playing the game for a little bit, and I just sort of zoomed out on the opening, the opening level, and you realize yeah. you're like a Jack the Ripper figure, like just murdering townsfolk that are saying like you're not wanted here, get out, like all this stuff, and they're yeah, yeah, you know yeah. they're burning this beast, this werewolf creature in the middle of the town square, and then you show up and murder everybody and. Are, are you the good guy? Are, because it, from that perspective, it's like, no, clearly you're not. Clearly you're some sort of weird, unkillable murder ghost that j- is just slaughtering a town wholesale like every 30 seconds. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and it makes you question the, 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 the implied protagonist nature of your character. Like, for me, you know, you're, you're c- c- killing these things that are like once you get to like the cleric beast and like there's a lot of like bad guy stuff right and then you go like oh okay so maybe you are a hero or maybe you're my conception of what you are in the game is 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 kind of weird i think you're like a media i think you're like they talk about like the medium of the silver blood or like the the ashen blood and all these mediums and i think you're a medium i think like your character's point in the game is you're trying to balance these two warring factions over that are fighting over this town and over this extra thing but you're you're supposed to be the 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 mediator in some sense you're supposed to walk this line between order and chaos because like that's to me it's like you have like this this insight like the school is all about like growing eyes on the inside and this this insight of let's learn what the cosmos is like and there's nothing that's our highest value where we just want knowledge and it doesn't matter what price we pay to get there and then the church is like, let's focus on healing people, and it doesn't matter what price we pay to heal people, 
but let's make sure the body, not the mind, right? Let's focus on the body and the schools focus on the mind, not the body. It's like this warring dichot, like this very old human story of the warring dichotomy of, of, of body and mind. And like, as the player, you're supposed to, you trade in both blood and insight. And I don't think that's an accident. I think there's like, as a, it, the game is trying to get you to be this, this, I don't know this line walker between body yeah. and and mind and that so rare does a game come along where it's saying something where you could take the theme out of literature and sure. and and play with it very rarely like is there is are there an actual literary theme running through a game yeah. um yeah yeah i mean that i think you're absolutely right i mean i think and I'm, I'm sort of remembering all this. I'm thinking, yeah, you're right. That, that is, is what I was kind of doing. And <sighs> But what, what seemed to me is that those kind of big themes <laughs> also play out in the physicality of the game. Yeah. Just picking it up again over the last couple of days, I hadn't played it for, for a while, is there's a kind of a lightness to the controls. <laughs> you know, games, other games nowadays really try and give you that sense of physicality of the body on the ground you know they work a lot there's that the, the 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 one that came out just just before christmas um where you're the kind of delivery guy running around oh yeah um uh death stranding stranding standing yeah death stranding yeah mm -hmm. now in fact i quite enjoyed that game because it was also pointlessly difficult <laughs> um and it made me really kind of go okay here i am playing this kind of job that <laughs> right <laughs> terrible job uh -huh. i may as well actually i should be just become an amazon delivery guy because i'd make more money than doing uh, yeah but there you know clearly the physics of the game they'd spend loads of time and money mm -hmm. making it feel like you're stumbling and so on you know there was a heaviness mm. physical whereas in bloodborne this is even more so than Sekiro. bloodborne the character is light yeah. I mean, it really kind of skitters along. Yeah. And, you know, just picking it up again, I was like, whoa, okay, well, okay, let me, let me just slow it down. And it's much more, the way you control it is much more unforgiving. Yeah. It's so light that you do it with your own body, not with this feedback coming through the controller, mm -hmm. something like that. It was, it, I found that really interesting. But then, you know, picking up on the literary theme, it was only, I think, quite late on then i suddenly realized maybe i should have realized ages before that this was an hp lovecraft world. right yeah when you suddenly realize oh there's this other realm with these crazy creatures that don't are not human and don't understand mm -hmm. the human world and you think oh this is lovecraft mm -hmm. but it's not you know, you don't see tentacles coming out of everything you know like in some of the the, the lovecraft things right. um so I, th I found that really fascinating that the, its literary references were quite low key. Yeah, and obscure yeah. too, because it wasn't like referencing a particular like no. creature that Lovecraft talked about or anything like that. It's just like this is like cosmic horror, but not yeah. not referencing any particular story or anything like that. But yeah, it's the the idea that 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 hu the the human condition is fundamentally one of ignorance and uh uh doesn't rise to a level of notice of the grander universe is 
Yeah, mm. very much, <laughs> very yeah, much like a, 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 a literary theme that yeah pushes through in Lovecraft, and then like is here, you know, with with you got the amygdalas of the giant things, and there's tentacles everywhere. But like yeah. to me, yeah, those that's are, when you guys have a right. This is the right. Yeah, you go. Oh, whoa. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So, and especially since like that's an insight trigger, right? So like once you hit a certain level of insight, then you start seeing, and then you once you hit another level of insight, you get like the subtle like crying of a baby. In, in yeah. scenes where it's like oh you there's a thing being this whole thing is like ties into like the nightmare of mensis is like oh that mm. is that a that's a period reference that's a that's a that's a birth thing blood born but it's not just blood yeah, like yeah, through yeah. the blood but like it's actual the story is one of birth of this mm. this nascent god that these these schools trying to bring into the world and you, there's a whole it, it's just stacked it's just there's these stacks of like meaning and then there's stacks of like nuance and, and these different uh double entendres playing throughout the game um yeah and the structure I, of it is, I mean, that, yeah because yeah, i was also thinking of you know the, the that kind of there is you you mentioned at, at the beginning that kind of that minimal kind of you can have interactions with other players. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I seem to remember there was one point where I suddenly realized that players will come into your world and try <laughs> and kill you. Yeah. And this is like, it's almost like breaking every rule in the gaming book. You know, yeah. we are here multiplayer, we're here to help each other, or, you know, that we, we know what the rules are to fight each other. This is, oh, here's a guy, oh, hello. And he stabs you in the face. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> found that. So it was that kind of absolute kind of lack of trust everywhere. Yeah. And that really worked well. And it was that kind of paranoid world of, of Lovecraft. Yeah. Kind of paranoid world and a frustrating world where meaning is just, a, we're just about to understand the, the great mystery, mm -hmm. the great secret, but it's always just not quite there right and i think a bit like Sakura as well that half of the objects don't really seem to do anything that uh, they yeah. kind of yeah i really tell which ones are useful and which ones aren't it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's weird right because like you have so much of the story told through the itemization like the the the, the, the like <clears throat> so much of the story is like in the item descriptions which are, yeah. are like it's so it's such a weird way to do it because w is this something the character knows or is this something that you the player being told by the game like does the character have access to like oh i'm i'm found this cool knife and then you get like this history <laughs> like this was used yeah, yeah. by this particular hunter and it used for killing other hunters and then you kind of like okay so why wait okay so this is a hunter that kills other hunters so what's that about what are there factions of hunters now like and then yeah, it just it just keeps layering on the thing, but it never gives you that bird's eye view of the this is here and they like these guys and they hate these guys and this is here and they, they're rivals of this clan and and you know the, the the sort of exposition that you would get from most games that want you to invest and this game just kind of goes you can invest if you want but that's up to you we don't we're not going to spoon feed you anything but like if you want to come in come in but. You know, if you don't want to come in, go screw yourself. Like, this is not, yeah. Now, what I can't remember about Bloodborne mm -hmm. is, in contrast to Sekiro, one of the weird things about Sekiro is there's things that you can do 
that will mess you up much later on. Mm. If you kill somebody, an NPC, they don't come back. Right. And they unlock certain things that you, if, if you kill them, that's it. It's not going to happen for you in that game. Mm -hmm. uh, and that kind of is a kind of finality. Now, I'm, I'm just trying to remember where the blood porn didn't seem to do it to, to as big an extent, but there were still things, a certain choice you make at some point. So I think we're so used to playing games, you make a choice, you don't like it, you go back right. and you try the other. Whereas with these games, if you make a certain choice, that's it. Mm -hmm. And you, if you want to do another, you've got to start again at the beginning. Yeah. Start again. So it's this kind of, oh, actually sometimes what you do really counts well sort of <laughs> right i mean you can always start over but it's the funny thing like when i got to the ch when i beat the gas coin and i got to the church for the first point yeah. i killed that dude like the dude who's down on the thing like i was like oh i'm like there's another enemy like i'm just gonna bang yeah, yeah, yeah. and i didn't know <laughs> and then somebody <laughs> yeah, yeah. i looked up online oh when you talk to the guy i'm like i was supposed to talk to that guy oh no <laughs> exactly yeah. i think you know we're so used to games where Basically, if it's moving, you kill it. <laughs> and especially this game. It game. This game trains you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but then it goes, oh, you killed that guy. You shouldn't have done that. It's like, mm -hmm. well, you told me to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just remembering, just reliving. It's just like, I must have spent months playing that game. Because it is extraordinarily difficult. Yeah. I think Sekiro is, maybe you're right. Sekiro is easier. But maybe I was just expecting it to be. Yeah. Although that that discussion about Sekiro that people were really upset that there was no easy level because people who are either like me or crap gamers mm -hmm. or have disabilities or you know movement mm -hmm. issues just couldn't get through it yeah and I thought that was really quite interesting um that yeah there's this kind of blankness from the game as well it's just like you can either do it or you can't and mm -hmm. we're not making a judgment one way or the other yeah um yeah, yeah, but definitely the big bosses in Bloodborne. I often thought, okay, right, well, I've I've, I've wasted three hours on this. I'm never going to get through this. Mm -hmm. uh, just give it up. I, you know, I've got I've got stuff to do. Right. Yeah. And then ten minutes later, you're thinking, oh, I'm sure I could do it now. Yeah, like I was like, oh, if I just go left, if I just if I just when he's attacking, I kept going right. Maybe if I go left, and I'll try this and. Or maybe if I'll use fire and I'll set them on fire from far back and try and, yeah, like you just try and start working out strategies and your, your brain just like can't let it go. That was the thing about Bloodborne that's so strange to me. It was like, I couldn't let it go. Yeah. You know, it's like- yeah, It was kind of in your, in your dreams a bit as well. Because I mean, this is so, so atmospheric. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that, that, that struck me about both Bloodborne and then Sekiro and, and, and the other games as well is that Sure, it's got all this narrative. It's got this amazing kind of visual world that mm -hmm. you're in. The sound design is, is absolutely so good. extraordinary. Yeah. Both, both, both games, I think. Um, but then what you realize is that you're, you're actually playing the people who programmed this thing. Mm -hmm. What you're going is, okay, when does this character, when is, it pro when is the AI programmed to, to retreat? I remember I do, did this a lot in Secure. You find out where they've programmed it to go back to where it is. And that's where you can attack it without it immediately killing you. <laughs> um, if, in Bloodborne, I, again, I just remind you, you know, right at the beginning when um, 
you you're in the you, you go down the steps at the top of of, of the first thing sorry i'm yeah. explaining this quite badly but you you come up the stairs it's a dark room you kill a couple of guys you kill a guy at the top of the stairs there, and then there's the, there are those two werewolf creatures yeah but much later on in the game you can just kill with a single blow mm -hmm. but at the beginning you're, you're far too weak you cannot fight these things yeah. And then you realize that if you run back down the stairs and stand in the room, uh -huh. they can't go through the door. So you just kind of cheese them and just kind of whack them with the axe. Uh -huh. <laughs> I think this is an experience that almost everybody playing Bloodborne has had. It's like, oh, the stairs, I figured out. And it's like, it's trying to teach you, like, use the environment, dummy. Like, not don't, don't just fight them in the open. But it's, yeah. yeah. It's not quite cheating. Right. This is actually how, you can't actually do it any other way. This isn't a cheat. Mm -hmm. It's just, you just can't do it any other way. And you have to kind of work out, oh, who am I? I'm not actually fighting some magical werewolf. I'm fighting some guy in Tokyo who's been <laughs> programming this thing. <laughs> and you kind of find that one, you know, the way that you l learn the move patterns and mm -hmm. so on. But I spent far too much time playing this game. <laughs> you and me both, man. I, I mean, is it, I mean, I've let's see. So I've been three, three. I, I, and then once you start, oh geez, once you start getting into like the character builds, like the people that go down the rabbit hole and are just like, I'm gonna do an, a pure arcane build and have like you know yeah. no strength, no skill, no nothing, like and just like handicap myself from from the get-go and like do our arcane build and it's like so i've tried that and like and then there are the guys that you i don't know if you've ever seen the speedrunners that like oh uh, yeah 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 the guys who do it in like 10 minutes or something with like no weapons with like they're just like you know they're blood level four and i'm gonna do it with no weapons and just punch the orphan of cause to death and you're just like what okay so there's <laughs> they're spending too much time in the game and then they're spending too much time in the game and it's like that's that's crazy but like it's so impressive to watch it's too it's like I've, yeah. i yeah I, it's it's knowing how hard the game is and then watching somebody like pull off mm. shit that should be impossible and you just go wow he's just standing in the exact right spot in order to avoid like just threading the needle over and over and over again and i you know watching other people play games is not something I really that's not really that fun for me like I'd rather play the game than watch but like in Bloodborne you can Bloodborne's one of the few games where you can watch it played at such a high level that it's it's impressive in the way that like a high level sports display is impressive where you yeah, just sit back yeah. and go wow but, yeah. yeah but it but what I found with that as well as with Sekiro is mm -hmm. that in fact you have to watch people play mm -hmm. to get through things because I think I, I made a rule with Sekiro if something took me longer than an hour and mm -hmm. I kept on getting killed then I would look at a video yeah. and somebody do it and you have to kind of oh right they do this and this and this and they right. press that then and you have to learn that move and then you it, it was really strange it was kind of you have to be shown how to do it you can't again I'm not I'm, I'm not a natural gamer yeah so so I mean, I, I've played with people who just pick things up and they go, all oh, right, yeah, this is how we do it. And I'm mm -hmm. not that at all. So, but there's something quite comforting about watching people play it. And especially if even the good people are getting really frustrated. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, there's that where it's like... I was watching one video, I think it was Sekiro, not Bloodborne, but, mm -hmm. but the guy was going, 
Okay, in this part of the video, you can see that I stopped talking because I was just so worried about losing that final kind of hit and so on that, you know. Yeah. I think that that was a weird kind of community as well. It wasn't interactive in a normal kind of way of thinking about it, but there is a kind of a sense of, okay, other people are going through the same thing. Yeah. And they've managed to get through it, so maybe I can too. Yeah. It's really interesting because that's all, I mean, so, like, Bloodborne has that baked in. It's so fascinating because it's like all the messaging you get from the other hunters in the game is like a hunter is never alone, you know, all this stuff where it's like it... <clears throat> and then what's super interesting to me about Bloodborne is... And I don't... I, I have no... I have no justification for thinking this. Uh, there, you know, this is not something that uh, Miyazaki has said or anything like that. But I think that Bloodborne is the kind of game where the intent of it is actually to get hardcore gamers to go out and live their lives in a weird way. <laughs> like, once you beat this, like, you can go tackle the real world because, like, this is, like, this is so much harder than a lot of the stuff you'll face in the real world. Mm -hmm. And then also, but the messaging is, like, you're never alone. You're, you, there's, there's always somebody to help you if you just reach out, if you just, like, you know, and, and persistence is key and all of these, you know, just... Yeah, yeah, yeah ancient wisdom tradition messages that you find in religions forever like are just baked in at almost the mythological level on this where it's there's there's gods and there's they don't care and but you know we're humans and if we try hard enough we can ascend to them but it's like becoming an abstraction almost it's there's when, you know, the, when I beat the game and became the little squid guy, and I was like, okay, that's, that's an yeah. ending I didn't expect at all. Like, you're, because you got so good, you became inhuman? I'm not, you, 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 you forsake the human world, and now you have this different experience, and now, like, you know, and, and the other thing is, like, I hope you find your worth in the waking world, right? And what are they talking about? Are they ta they're talking about outside the game, to me. That's what it is, like, go find your worth in the waking world and and that it's baked in in a way i've never found in a game before where it's like yet yeah, stop playing this go do something with your with yourself like yeah well there is a kind of as i remember when i finished bloodborne mm -hmm. and i think i actually even video took a took a video of that final screen you know when when the whole um what's called the hunter's realm or you know the, the yeah is on fire and everything's right. on fire yeah. and you're just standing there and i was just like wow okay this is very strange but it, it was a bit like kind of almost kind of coming out of a long trip and just like mm -hmm. oh okay it's morning now and it's <laughs> time for me to put this away and head out into the into waking world yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it really felt like that. it was kind of a, a weird kind of reawakening yeah uh, yeah, yeah. And it's the design of it's so fascinating to me because so much of it it feels like it feels like Miyazaki was trying to align like the game layer and the meta layer of the player in such a way that like there is yeah. more of a one-to-one -one relationship than you get in many games. Like the design is you know, in like you said, like it's it 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 designed to instill this paranoia and instill certain feelings that <clears throat> you're not being told that your character is paranoid. You're not being told that 
that your character is a certain way, you, the player, are being made to feel like anxious and being made to feel like, oh, I want to go down into this dungeon again, but even though it's going to be random and I don't know what's down there, but maybe there's something really cool at the bottom, and that's that's what a dungeon, that's what an archaeologist does, right? Like, they, they, I'm going to go to this dig site, maybe there's nothing, maybe there's something really cool. And you're doing, the game is pushing you to feel like a person would feel in that situation, and the design of it is so subtle that you don't notice while you're in it. You only notice after yeah. the fact once you zoom, you know, you, you you stop playing the game and you zoom out, like, and you analyze like how you felt and like, oh, yeah, that game actually made me feel a thing, which is like what a good book does or a good movie or 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 any any storytelling. Like, it makes you feel a thing, and like when a game makes me feel a thing, that's I have to come back to it because like, how did they do that? How 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 was this achieved? Because it's it's such a young medium. And, you know, games are good at making people feel competent or having a good time or having social engagement. And those feel like the low-hanging fruit. But it's like, here's a game that you, A, don't want to stop playing, and B, it's making you feel anxious and paranoid. And how the hell did they pull that off? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, but without also just going down, I mean, it has its its share of kind of jump scares and Mm -hmm. so on. But it is this kind of low-level anxiety and paranoia um, that isn't, you know, it's not like going to see a horror film or anything like that. But also what's interesting is that, I mean, the central character doesn't have, as you said, much of a story. You know, you don't get, you don't have a sense that, oh, this is this character in this world and I'm empathizing with that character. This is what it's, it's quite, he's quite blank, the hunter. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got that hood on, so you can't see his face. I mean, I was thinking one of the things that really I found annoying in Death Stranding is that your character, you see his face all the time, <laughs> and he's got that terrible ponytail <laughs> and, and a shave. And I was like, I hate this guy. <laughs> um, and <laughs> he, he had too much personality. So I quite like the blankness of the personality as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that it wasn't quite clear what, yeah, it wasn't an emotional being. Yeah. And that the emotions were your own in a, in, in, yeah, in quite a, quite a subtle sort of way. Yeah, the only things you know about your character in the beginning is that one, you're foreign, and two, you've come here for healing. And that's it. Yeah. Like, and those are... Weirdly enough, you could you could make the case that that's what the that's what the player's there for. Like they're a foreigner in this land, and they've come here to play this game for some sort of soothing, some sort of healing, some sort of like yeah. I just had a rough day. I just want to you know get this off my back. Like I want to feel better. And then the game's like, ah, yeah, we're not doing that. We're <laughs> we're not making you feel better. In fact, well, you will if you want, but you got to work for it. And it's, there's a <sighs> how. Like, as a game designer, like, I'm so fascinated by how that, what, I mean, was that planned? Was this, uh, was this structure? I would love, I would love to talk to Mizaki himself and just drill down on, like, you know, was this intended? Was this, or was this, like, just the accident of, like, a really good team being together? And, like, you have a good director and you have a good story and you have all these graphics guys and the sound, and the sound, uh, like you said, the sound is incredible in Bloodborne. Mm -hmm. 
um, the way the, the footsteps change tone mm. when you're walking on these echoey streets versus like dirt or water or mm. any of these, these surfaces where they, uh, um, and, 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 and the kind of that, yeah, that chunky viscerality of the sound of the weapons. As yeah. Well. Heaviness of them. Of yeah. 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 Whereas you're quite light, but the, 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 Get, and they really slow. Mm -hmm. Just the last couple of days, swinging that stupid axe around. You know? <laughs> yeah, It'll kill me before I even do that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I mean, do you know anything about the one that they're working on now, Elden Ring? I know a little about it. I know, I know. I mean, I know what what's been said in the press, like George R. R. Martin working on it, and and you're just like, oh well, it'll be it'll be incredible. Like, I mean, thanks for not writing the book for another year, George. But like, I appreciate. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know this this massive saga. That, I was, yeah, I was quite sad because I remember when I finished Bloodborne, mm -hmm. and then I went back and played I think all the Dark Souls games that I could, and then I'd kind of run out of them, and I was like, and that's why I was actually so excited when Sekiro came out. Mm -hmm. um, because I've been waiting for something else. There's an, I'm just looking at the list now. There's a, there's a game that I haven't come across, De Racine. Have you come across that? No. No, I don't know what that is. A virtual reality adventure game. Huh. Okay. I'll, I'll have to check that out at some point. Yeah, there's... The, 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 it, it, yeah, the, the, the kind of like the FromSoft... It doesn't... It's so strange because it doesn't look like on paper it would work, right? If you pitched this... Yeah. To, to Sony, right? And you didn't have like, oh yeah, the blood, the the Dark Souls formula works. You there would be no chance of this game getting made. It's such an unlikely endeavor because I mean, it, like if if this were a book, right? If if this were a book, that it would make much more sense because it would be yeah. one lone author working on like some crazy cosmic horror story that you know leads you in slow and all this stuff but like a game that's got i don't know how many millions of dollars it took to make this thing but like and the team was big and and you have to coordinate all this stuff and it's pitching it had to be so strange just here we're gonna we're gonna make this game that just hates you like it yeah. really yeah. <laughs> that just it makes you feel anxious and paranoid and it's not going to be fun, but you're not going to be able to stop playing it. And, you know, to get to get like a CFO and the CEO and like all these all these people that all these executives that have to be like, OK, I believe in your vision of this game that just punishes the shit out of its players. <laughs> it's so strange. Yeah, there is a slightly masochistic pleasure there as mm -hmm. well. It's kind of beating some more. Hurt yeah good. yeah yeah if, yeah especially when you're but then but then you get that thing where you overcome the thing that's been beating you for yeah. so long and that feels unbelievably awesome uh exactly. like the first time you kill one of those brick trolls like just yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and it's like you you it pummels you to death and then you when you figure out you can it's got a really big window for where like and you can shoot it right there and it's and you go, oh, I got you, motherfucker. And then you can do it, like, <laughs> every time. And you're just like, oh, yeah, I know exactly where your window is. Click, bang, stab, murder. Uh, but once you, once you, th those 
those are the little those are the little breadcrumbs that's feeding you to get to pull you along because you know you you know because you know the game's been beaten like you said like there's other players that have beaten you can watch people do it and then once you do it yourself it's such a rush of the 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 it's a genuine feeling of achievement which is something a lot of games also don't do like the achievements in games feel somewhat hollow most of the time where you're like, I, okay, I, I got it. I got it in the first two tries or whatever like that. And, and uh, there was no big barrier. Like, it was a short wall. I got over it. But then, like, in Bloodborne games, like Bloodborne, where it's like, I was at this for, like, two days. You know? Or, like, this is my 36th try on this boss. And just, can I just, I know where he's, like, I know what I have to do. It's a matter of just making my fingers go left yeah. and not right this time. And, and... And once you do it, you're like, wow. Yeah. And your heart's beating fast. And you're just like, real kind of, yeah, it's real. It's a real muscle memory thing yeah. as well, which is very strange. Because as I say, I spent the last six months playing Sekiro uh-huh. and picking up Bloodborne. It felt like an alien thing. It was like, hold on, these buttons aren't doing what they're supposed to. Right. There's no blocking in Bloodborne. Yeah, no. <laughs> I need blocking. Blocking would really help now, you know? So yeah yeah that was it there's a kind of a weird kind of physical interaction that you're having with the game yeah on on, on a mul- on, on 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 a number of levels which i found yeah fascinating yeah so but it's also i mean brings up the that that kind of the general interest in this kind of lovecraft world mm. you know and i remember um you know films like cabin in the woods mm-hmm. cabin in the wood where you suddenly realize oh this is a weird lovecraft film yeah. And um, I don't know if you've seen the latest, you know, or actually I haven't seen Lovecraft Country yet, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, the book by Matt Ruff is really quite interesting as well. But this, the way that Lovecraft is coming back, but also that problem that Lovecraft was a terrible racist. You're very obvious about it too. Not like subtle, like, oh, maybe he's like just a, <laughs> of his time type racism. No, no, it's like, no, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so it's interesting that this kind of quite, it's what I like, liked about Lovecraft Country is that it kind of tackled that head on mm-hmm. without being, oh, Lovecraft is a terrible racist. Uh, right. Uh, but but just kind of playing with that idea in in, in a much more interesting way, which, which yeah. I thought worked really well. There, well, there's an interesting thing with Lovecraft. So, like, to, to me, I was starting to write an essay about this. I, I, I've gotten about halfway through, probably, but before mm. it got. But the idea that it would take, it would take somebody with like strong xenophobic feelings to come up with cosmic horror as a thing, like to put to put yourself in the position of literally othering the entire universe mm. is maybe something that only would grow out of that sort of xenophobia, you know, and, and you know, for all of that, that, I mean, it, they're both horrible things, right? You have this xenophobia that's a very real, has very real impact on real people's lives. Um, mm. And then you have this, this metaphor for the xenophobia that is, that extends that to every person in the context of the greater of the greater universe it maybe that's something that you need that sort of perverse pathology of of othering to get to 
in some ways so that we wouldn't even have cosmic horror without a horrible racist like coming up with it. I, it's yeah, something I thought of, but who knows? Yeah, it's it's almost that that kind of evil in the world is a is a reflection of the evil within. Mm-hmm. That the only way you can kind of imagine this incredibly evil world is because somehow it's from him. It's yeah. him. And in a way, that to me seems to be a kind of a Lovecraftian thing. It's that, okay, it all looks like it's out. And it is outside, but it's because it's you as well mm-hmm. um, in that kind of big, proper cosmic way of thinking about things. Yeah. Um, and, and to me, but, yeah, I've, I've got a, Wait. Uh, Karen, uh, I was just going to say, I've, got, I've actually got a PhD student at the moment, and he's working on um, Lovecraft and adaptation. So mm-hmm. he's looking at games and, and, and the novels and, and various other things. And, you know, even, um, I think he's even looking at roller coaster rides and so mm-hmm. on. So, you know, how, how all these different types of media engage with, um, with Lovecraft and, and, and various other kind of weird writers at the time. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because like in blood, I mean, to me, Bloodborne like really gets Lovecraft because it, in a way that a lot of other Lovecraft games just make it about the giant rubbery monsters. Um, but, yeah. Lo- but Bloodborne is like, no, no, no. Once you get to the end and you beat it, you get the good, the good ending, the real ending. You're like, no, you're the thing. Yeah. By the way, you're, you're the horror. You're, you're the alien. Like, and you, that's, you know, that runs through Lovecraft so deeply, like in the shadows over Innsmouth, where it's like, you go to this town and all this weird, and you're the thing, by the way. You also are from here. You're, you have the thing within you. You can't escape it. You know, this idea of, of the cosmic, the cosmic horror of, of the universe being within each of us, like, is something that very few, very few Lovecraft games or, or Lovecraft derivative, um, pieces or movies film literature even bother to acknowledge it's like yeah it's it's <laughs> it's horror all the way down you know it's just yeah absolutely have you played call of cthulhu mm-hmm. that one yeah yeah because that was that was quite fun but i, I just sort of got it's it, you know it's so hard try, it's trying so hard to be a kind of adaptation of lovecraft mm-hmm. it's kind of just got a little bit dull and was it those point and click adventure games get a I still remember playing them when I was very small, but you know, it's just like, oh god, come on. Yeah, it's the kind of and, thing where it doesn't make you feel the thing where Bloodborne makes you feel it. Yeah. In, in Call of Cthulhu, the only time it happens is if you ever go into, you know, kind of a, a lift or, or a closet, and then suddenly your vision starts um, coming <laughs> down in the game, and then your heart rate keeps going up. And that really worked for whatever they did because I would get really anxious mm-hmm. and I don't think it actually kills you or anything, but you just feel like you're about to die. Right, right. And they're doing the force feedback in the controller, so you're kind of feeling this pulse. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But it's good. Um, yeah, so like even even talking about like, um, oh, that's a whole extra like kind of like the, love, the, the cosmic horror aspect of, mm. of Bloodborne where it's it, it's yeah it takes the, the lovecraft mythos and just sort of comes at it from this other angle of because the other games like you know you're playing a lovecraft story right but like call of cthulhu it's it's on the box so you don't need to yeah absolutely you you don't you don't get 
it, it, I mean, because you know you're playing Call of Cthulhu, it's impossible for you to have the dawning realization that you're playing Call of Cthulhu, which is the horror of the thing, which is where, where, where Bloodborne succeeds. It doesn't tell you you're playing a Lovecraft story, which is, you know, the protagonist never knows they're in a Lovecraft story from the beginning. Yeah, they, they're, they're just doing the thing they are compelled to do. Hey, go kill some monsters. It's good for you, right? Like, that's literally a line in the game. Like, just go kill some monsters. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and then, like, you know, once the, the, they peel back the layer and you go, whoa, I thought I was just fighting werewolves and monsters and stuff and, like, giant crows, and now I've got this friggin' tentacle thing that's huge, has grabbed me, and, I, okay, now I'm in this weird nightmare. Okay, what is this game? What are we doing? This is crazy. You know? Uh, and, and how... The, the, the beautiful structure of it, it just, yeah, it's, the, it's, one of the, it's one of the very few games I wish I could play the, for the first time again. Or, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's, I, th I think that's why I started again absolutely from scratch, yeah. just to remember a little bit of what, what it was like. Hmm. Um, quite interesting. I mean, it's frustrating as hell, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was fun coming back to it. So why did you want to? Why did you recommend it to Peter? Why did, did you just want to hear, just feel the frustration come through the phone? I, on? I don't know why I. I mean, I suppose it's a, because I don't actually play all that many. Mm -hmm. This has definitely been the one that um, because I mean, Peter and I grew up with. I mean, our dad was obsessed with computers in the seventies, mm -hmm. so we had a ZX eighty one with one K memory in nineteen seventy eight or oh seventy nine. Um, you know, and uh, you know where where you had to program. There, it had no um, permanent memory, so you had to program in the game every time you wanted to play it. You had to type it out in BASIC. Wow, that was amazing. Um, but then we got an Atari two six hundred. Must have been in the early eighties, and you know, playing. And I particularly remember playing Adventure. Mm if you've played that on the 2600 i mean it's almost unplayable and it's i mean it's a whatever 98 pixels by 98 <laughs> right. kind of screen, whatever it is and every now and then i still actually look at it somebody playing it on youtube and just go and in fact it's not that different to bloodborne adventure um you know you're in a dungeon you've got things jumping uh -huh. out at you you have you a giant know what's duck going. dragon that can't, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the duck dragon. Yep. You've got invisible things that are almost impossible to find. Um, yeah, I think. So, you know, I mean, I think because Peter and I grew up, you know, we were, we were young and then, then then as teenagers playing games. And Peter was always a much better gamer than I was, mm. was um, because he was actually programming the games as well. Right. Um, but... Yeah, so I suppose it's just one of the things we, we kind of touch in on every now and then. Um, and yeah, so I suppose it's because he hadn't played Bloodborne. Um, and I just thought, I wonder what he'd think. I don't think, I wonder, actually, I don't know. I should, should ask him whether he's actually ever tried to play it. Well, I, 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 I'm planning on uh, getting him over here and, and doing like, and recording it on Twitch or something like that, just because right. I love <laughs> it, introducing somebody to Bloodborne is one of my favorite things to do. Just, just like, oh, you want to play this video game? Let's just check it out. Like my when my wife is actually a pretty decent gamer. She beat the cleric beast on her fourth try, which was I was blown away. Like I didn't tell her, wow. like you know, here's the game. Wow. 
here's where you go and get the and she's like blew through it i'm like whoa that's crazy you should play this some more and and because people would yeah, yeah. be watching it but like with the threaded cane <laughs> yeah yeah well i went for the threaded cane on my first playthrough because i was like oh that thing is so cool uh and she went for the axe which is a much better decision uh yeah absolutely yeah but um it, it yeah it's the kind of thing where like you you recommended this to him like oh so i gotta talk i want to i'm curious to see what you think but i also want to get him like over and, yeah, and, yeah. and play it and uh, just watch him just just eat shit horribly <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just storm through it. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Pretty easy. <laughs> I doubt it, but it, it, it's always fun to watch somebody try it for the first time and then look at you with the, what do you, like they, my my when we played it for my wife looked at me and she like you go downstairs in the in the doctor's office right and the werewolf is there and she's like oh, okay how do you actually kill this and I was like yeah you don't. You don't. And she actually managed to survive for like a minute, like just dodging around it. And I was like, wow, that's okay, cool. Um, but because <laughs> I, I went in there, I just got wrecked the first time. Like, what is this thing? And then, yeah, you die immediately. And it's the kind of funny thing where it's like, if you're too good at video games, you actually don't die right away and you don't, you don't get weapons and you don't like, it's so funny. Like it penalizes you for being good on some yeah, yeah, level. Yeah like bringing a skill <laughs> absolutely absolutely it's really strange unless you can go and play it a bit more now i think <laughs> is that kind of thing where it's like oh yeah i remember how fun that was um <laughs> absolutely uh, right i'm gonna have to make a move i think um it's been a long day okay um yeah yeah no it's been great it's been great having a chat it's been really nice to meet you yeah nice to meet you too this has been fun um yeah i I, I, I talk again whatever um yeah, yeah I'd, I'd like to get into at some point just talk about the literary stuff because i don't know if you've gone down the rabbit hole on that but like there are you people that you've done youtube videos about like this is connected to this and then there's like, yeah, this yeah, biblical yeah. reference that this reference and like boy that stuff's interesting because there, there's so much that's brought in to those FromSofts games that's that's underneath the surface and not like it just merits a different level of analysis than most Absolutely. reviews and video game reviewers and well, that's why that's oh. why i have phd students doing that research for me yeah <laughs> right that's the way to do it i guess like maybe we'll play this game for 300 hours and tell me what you think um yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. exactly you chase down all the references and uh, yeah and let me know. yeah say something intelligent about that yeah oh maybe i should do that go back and pieces on Bloodborne. that'd be fun yeah yeah come and come come to edinburgh it's uh it's really nice all right <laughs> all right okay, all right david thank you so much this has been a very fun talk really great yeah um and, and hopefully we'll meet each other in person some point yeah that'd be nice okay all right man cheers rob cheers have a good Adios. day bye-bye everybody thanks for listening if you like this episode or not we're not picky leave us a review on itunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts you can find us on facebook instagram twitter reddit and uh and pornhub because why not gotta go where your audience is right good night everyone <laughs>